this mRNA technology. Yep, yep, yep. So, so I can't get inside of Tony's head, and I've refused to try to do so repeatedly. Um, at the time, uh, there the things that I know are are demonstrable facts is that um, the Vaccine Research Center, uh, which is uh, Tony Fauci's kind of experimental uh, creating a, uh, it's, it's basically a, an experiment in creating a biotech company within the government, within the NIH. That's what the Vaccine Research Center is. And it was set up by, uh, with a funding from Dale and Betty Bumpers to develop an AIDS vaccine and uh, was uh, its launch was uh, guided by David Baltimore, uh, who chose a postdoc of his who had uh, been a, a key advisor uh, to Vical, this company that I had basically been the Skunk Works for back in ninety ninety one, and uh, on David's advice, uh, um. Uh, Gary Nabel was recruited to run this operation uh, and to basically commercialize DNA vaccines uh, from within the government. That was the genesis of the Vaccine Research Center. And it had operated with an increasing budget. Uh, Gary Nabel had eventually left for a senior position with pharma. Uh, Elizabeth Nabel, who'd also been involved, uh, left the NIH. She's a cardiologist uh, for another high profile position. And I had gone to uh, uh, Mascola, I think, and uh, some other senior people that had been there for years. And they were really the ones that developed the mRNA vaccine candidate with the spike together with Moderna. Uh, And then there had been a big falling out between that involving a patent battle of who owned the rights to the work product, the composition of matter. And uh, they went kind of their separate ways. And there was some effort to license for free the NIH version of that patent position to uh, a consortium in Africa. Uh, And uh, then subsequently, the key people that were involved that I'm aware of in creating the vaccine, mRNA vaccine under Tony, um, retired uh, and and have taken with them, they retired shortly after the agreement was reached that led to this huge bolus of patent royalties going into the NIH from Moderna. Uh, and they took their, basically took their winnings and left, and they're working as consultants to the vaccine industry now. Um, so, and then Carrico and Weissman, uh, Drew Weissman at Penn, uh, who is the one that was pushed together with Katie Carrico as the inventor of mRNA vaccine technology. And there was a strong push to try to get the two of them the Nobel Prize. They got the Lasker Award and many others. Um, he's a, a Fauci postdoc. So there's a, a number of threads that go back to Tony, financial and others, that relate to this technology and this particular vaccine candidate, um, as well as apparently threads that go from I think it's called Arcturus, which paradoxically was the name of one of the recent uh, coronavirus isolates, was the name of the company from spin out from University of British Columbia that uh, had developed the delivery technology formulation that was used in virtually all of these. Um, uh, and that, that rumor has it is, 
is capitalized and largely owned by the Trudeau Foundation. Um, so that's that's the cluster right there, and um, why there there is the, you, one needs to understand that Moderna is a product of CIA investment, um, and uh, InQtel, which is the CIA's venture capital arm, is very involved in capitalizing this whole industrial sector, including uh, capitalizing a new manufacturing facility up in Canada. Uh, and just, just so, so, just so like this, I mean, this is not necessarily nefarious, right? So like it's, it's the job of our defense agencies to protect uh, the population against, against, you know, these kinds of uh, potentially bi bi biological threats. So if they're investing in vaccines against things that they think might be biological threats, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Okay. So I've lectured on this. Uh, and what is the justification for <clears throat> polynucleotide vaccine or gene therapy-based vaccine technology in the general um, in, in the biodefense enterprise? And it comes down to the need, the perceived need to be able to rapidly move from gene to vaccine. And this, the, the genetic vaccine concept and, and reduction of practice that I did back in the late 80s and early 90s is now after after decades of being considered to be uh, crazy, um, is now considered to be the leading candidate for that rapid response capability. Um, the The issue at hand is whether or not uh, the government decisions in their investment uh, portfolio um, were made in a way that. Um, is consistent, let's say, with the federal acquisition regulations of openness, transparency, and um, objectivity in acquisition. And uh, one of the things about DARPA is that it basically is allowed to bypass a lot of the uh, norms of government acquisition in the interests of time. A little fun fact as an aside if, if Tony Fauci or one of his lieutenants was to come up with an idea about what was absolutely necessary for research or development uh, for anything, in general, the studies show it would take five years from concept to awarding a contract or grant. That's how inefficient the bureaucracy is. And so DARPA is allowed to bypass a lot of that stuff in the interests of national security and time. Uh, and so it's given a kind of a carte blanche to break the rules that normally exist. And we've seen that also in the uh, use of the other mechanisms. Sacha Latipova speaks about this quite a bit um, to bypass the normal federal acquisition regulations in the acquisition of the specific mRNA vaccines such as Pfizer and Moderna. I, I mean, I, I think um, the thing is, is it's, it's one thing. I mean, I, I, I hear you that there are potentially abuses of this, of the, the, you know, the vast amounts of resources used for this, but it's not necessarily a bad thing to, to have a, a, a mechanism to try to respond in case there is a bio That's only essential. That's right. what where we're at. I mean, we're, Jay, as you know, now we're in a situation where there's a cadre that, a growing cadre of, of, of virus deniers 
Um, And certainly a large number of people who believe that uh, the government should not be involved in any of this uh, activity involving biodefense. And, uh, um, but I, th- I think the key thing I wish is, it was no. I, I completely share, I, I share I wish there your was concern. No, I, I wish there, that we didn't have to have um, some uh, rational basis for rapid development of medical countermeasures. I believe that we do need to have. Yeah, I, I, I mean, uh, I agree with you about that. The question, though, is those need to be subject, the deployment of those, re- of those things need to be subject to the same kinds of ideas that we normally use when we deploy other medications at, uh, at scale, right? These are not anything, in, in, in some sense, the, the regulatory oversight of those kinds of things should not be any different. They should be at least as strict, if anything. Uh, well, and it seems and to me- what we've seen is that what many of us, including myself, had thought was uh, the norm in regulatory affairs uh, we we're now forced into a situation of recognizing that there is example after example, after example, not just in the Corona crisis. Um, The opioid crisis is another great example. And there's many others where um, what, what the FDA uh, enumerates in their guidances as the norms for advancing a uh, medical therapeutic are are frequently um, uh, bypassed or um, given short shrift uh, in response to various forms of pressure, political pressure, and others. And okay, Robert. The truth so, uh, is that I... what we've seen here is uh, a really is not that much of an aberration. It's 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 like. The system has has come off its gimbals, uh, and uh, what we've nice seen <laughs> is is something, something that is a, a particularly florid example of a trend that was already existing. Okay, Robert, I I, I know you have a hard stop, uh, and so and I think we should end this conversation for now and pick this up in the second half. Uh, where we'll finish, we'll, we'll just move forward in time and talk more about the censorship activities, the regulatory, uh, uh, the failure of the, of the public health establishment, and then, yeah, I know you'll laugh again, but how do we fix it? How do we? How do we? How do we get back to something? Yeah, and that's that's the that's the conundrum, and uh, I I it's it's hard. The optimists believe that it can still be reformed from within. And it's increasingly hard for me to to uh, be an optimist about this, as opposed to the uh, um, we're going to have to create parallel organizations and basically destruct the ones that exist because they're too compromised. Yeah. Well, Robert, thank you for thank you for joining us. Uh, let's finish this conversation. We won't release this until we have that second half of the conversation done. Uh, good. So, Sorry for so all the grateful. glitches. You know, uh, Skype works pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I'll, we're gonna we're gonna look I'll, into it. Browse, yeah, I'll browse some new options, or I'll talk to Colin again about what the hell happened. But we'll 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 figure it out, and we'll make sure that this doesn't happen again. So I, yeah, also, I mean, I've, I've got a the irony is I've got a full studio with with uh, um uh that you know I can I can record in stereo and broadcast at ten eighty sixty, um but 
I've, I've never run into this application before and you were just wanting to do an audio pitch. So that that's, I, um, yeah, I guess should, I came in to be a problem, but it's, it's, it's been, it's annoying. Yeah. But, um, you anyway. are on your laptop. You are on your laptop now, right, Robert? So that at the moment, yes. Prevent, yeah. So that should prevent all the, the bugs that occur with the phone, apparently with Colin. So as long as we got the laptop um, next time. Yeah. Your okay, wife is so kill us uh, I'll let you go in a minute. So thank you, yeah. thank you, thank you. Uh, it's been so it's an honor to talk with you. It's just been an absolutely wonderful. I wish we'd done this earlier, much earlier. Yeah, well, likewise, I got a lot, Jay, of and, and I have deep Jay. I have. I want to just say I have deep respect for what you guys did um, with the uh, Great Barrington and all of the feces that you've had to catch since then. I don't know how you've managed to survive at Stanford. Um, it's been it's been close it's been a close thing a, a few times but um you know we have to keep going i mean you, you did the same thing robert you stood up when it was really hard and important to do it and um i'm grateful for you yeah but All i right, didn't do it from, from the beast <laughs> <laughs> yeah thank, thanks robert i i got a lot of questions for you too so we'll we'll reserve that for the next conversation so i, pre- yes, I appreciate sir. you coming on if we don't let appreciate you go your wife is going to kill both of us so let's uh we'll we'll, we'll We'll, we'll co- yeah, and we'll I got to go flip on one. the studio. Okay, bye-bye. Okay. Bye All now. right, see you, Robert.